Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Women Arsecast on Arsblog.com. I am recording this live from the very glamorous location of the London Colney uh, car park. That's Arsenal's training ground for those of you who don't know. I'm here for the match day minus one media day ahead of Arsenal's sold out Champions League semi-final against Wolfsburg at Emirates Stadium on Monday evening. Um, you're going to hear from a few different people in this podcast. So, uh, first up, you'll hear from Leah Valti, and this was an interview recorded in the mix zone after the first leg in Germany. Um, then we'll drop in some audio from Jonas Eideval's pre-match press conference, Lotta Woman Moy. We'll also be speaking to the press, so we'll drop in some of that audio. Uh, and I'll try and grab someone else uh, from around here to have a quick chat about the game as well. But I just thought at the top, um, I'd preview this game a little bit. Um, particularly maybe for those of you who are only semi-engaged in the women's team maybe you're on your way to the game and you want a little bit of info about how things are going down and how things are shaping up you'll probably already know that the first leg was a 2-2 draw in Germany which was a pretty extraordinary result for Arsenal in the end given the amount of injuries they have to very important players but also because they went 2-0 behind in Lower Saxony last week and again for those of you who don't know Wolfsburg are a powerhouse in uh, women's football they won the Champions League in 2013-2014 the, the slight misfortune for them over the last 10 years is they've really been the bridesmaid to Leon um, in terms of European women's football so Leon have been the best team probably before Barcelona really came along a couple of years ago and Wolfsburg were always the second best team and actually if you look at the pattern of who knocks Wolfsburg out of the Champions League I mean last season it was Barcelona in the semi-final and before that it was nearly always Leon. Uh, Leon and Wolfsburg had a very kind of um, gold and silver medal relationship shall we say but Wolfsburg absolutely huge team in women's football great pedigree they're in this stage the latter stages of the Champions League every single year so for Arsenal to come from 2-0 behind in that first leg was no mean feat really and I think Jonathan Liu from the Guardian worked out been 172 times that Wolfsburg had gone into a 2-0 lead uh, and not giving it up so uh, Arsenal achieved something pretty extraordinary um, just to give you the lowdown on the injury situation I mean in November Arsenal lost Beth Mead to an ACL injury a few weeks later they lost Vivian Miedema to an ACL injury and really those two players have been the fulcrum of their attack for five years now 60% of Arsenal's WSL goals last season had Mead 
uh, and or Miedema either scoring or assisting. They had a direct goal involvement in over half of Arsenal's league goals last season. And, you know, frankly, I think expectedly, it took a little bit of time for Arsenal to adjust to that. In the new year, they did struggle in front of goal, not just because of the quality of the players they were missing, but just because they haven't had to play without those players for so long. And then they kind of solved that problem, really. And, and particularly in early March, they beat Chelsea in the Conti Cup final. The Conti Cup is the equivalent of the League Cup uh, 3-1. And that really kind of jet-propelled the team's belief. Uh, and they've put together some really, really strong results since, including knocking Bayern Munich out of the Champions League quarterfinals. So this is their first semi-final for 10 years in the Champions League, when they also played Wolfsburg in 2013, who beat Arsenal en route to winning the competition. Um, sorry, because I'm in the Colney car park, you will periodically hear uh, cars gently rolling by um, and maybe some light aircraft as well um, but yeah so Arsenal largely I, I hesitate to say solved that problem but they mitigated that issue of missing their two best attackers or sorry their two most productive attackers they worked out other ways to play they worked out other patterns then they lost their central midfielder and captain Kim Little in that uh, brilliant 2-0 win at home to Bayern in the quarter final and that was a big problem but they, uh, they repurposed Leah Williamson from centre-back, put her in midfield, a position she's played a lot in her career. And Arsenal went again and they found out a different way to play with a different midfielder. And then, of course, a couple of weeks ago, Leah Williamson goes down with an ACL injury. Uh, and at that point, it's difficult not to feel like the whole world is against you. Um, and then so to come from 2-0 behind when Arsenal really are still working out how they do this, particularly in midfield so um, that, that made them real underdogs for this tie but one of the things I think every Arsenal fan would have taken off the back of that first leg was essentially to turn this game this second leg into a one-off tie because remember there are no away goals anymore so effectively that's it it's a one-off tie and off we go and obviously we've got a sellout at Emirates Stadium for that tie which is just extraordinary really and I think the club deserve a lot of credit for how hard they pushed this particularly in a marketing sense they had the tickets on sale for this game two minutes after the final whistle against Bayern Munich they had all of the promotional materials ready to go they pushed UEFA so that they could confirm the date of bank holiday Monday UEFA usually kind of dragged their heels around that type of thing but Arsenal really pushed them and said can we please confirm that's the date because we're really keen to get the tickets on sale so lots and lots of stuff happened behind the scenes to get those tickets on sale 8,000 were sold within 24 hours of the final whistle against Bayern Munich and that's really created the momentum uh, to get this sellout and I think also the way the team played in the first leg the way they fought back to 2-2 again I think that's created a lot of the conditions to get this game sold out had they crumbled at 2-0 in Germany which they very well could have um, you know, and lost 3 or 4-0 then I, I don't think we'd be in this situation so obviously the team deserve their credit uh, for getting this to a sellout as well but now it's up to Arsenal to use that and harness it as a real strength in this tie because this is now a one-off game and though they're quite depleted 
um, you know, they can really use the home crowd as kind of the, the 12th man, the 12th woman, the 12th person, uh, however you want to frame that. So I think the thing really to look for ahead of the second leg in the first leg, largely because of the injury situation, Jonas Eideval started with a back three. It's something he's done a few times um, in, in recent months. And again, it's largely been guided by injuries. But for the first 18 months of his reign, Jonas Eideval did not move away from a 4-2-3-1 formation. But he's played a cup three, uh, sorry, a back three a couple of times. He's moved to it in-game. But in Wolfsburg, he decided to start with it. And like I said, a lot of that is just because a lot of central midfield players are, are, are missing, whereas they've got three fit centre-halves at the moment. So they dropped Jen Beattie into the middle um, of the back three. And Jen Beattie is... Just a brilliant penalty box defender, virtually unbeatable in the air, um, really, really good at marking and, and defending her penalty area. And then they put Lotta Wubbenmoy and Hafaieli either side of her. Um, and I think the question is whether Arsenal will go with that again in this leg. I think they will. And the key reason I think they'll at least start with a back three is that we've just watched the open training session and Australian winger Caitlin Ford, who's been another really key player for Arsenal, uh, was training alone with the physio. She's had a hamstring injury for the last three weeks, so it doesn't look like she'll make it. Had she been fit, I think Arsenal might have gone back to their 4 2 3 one but without Caitlin, I think they'll at least start with a back three again. So I'm expecting the team to be unchanged, actually, from the first leg. And Arsenal didn't have a game uh, between, uh, hasn't haven't had a game after that first leg, as well. So um, they've had, you know, eight days to prepare for this. They've had the opportunity for a bit of time off as well. So I'm expecting the team to start with Zinsberger in goal, uh, Lotta Wubbenmoy, Jembiti, and Hafaieli in defence. Uh, then I. Th- it will be between Noel Maritz and Laura Wienreuter at right wing back. I think Laura Wienreuter might come into the team. And the reason I think this is because Wolfsburg actually had quite a lot of joy in the first leg, really switching play over to Arsenal's right-hand side. Wolfsburg have a left winger, Icelandic left winger called Jon Stottir, who's an incredibly direct, uh, rangy, dribbly, tall, powerful player. Um, really, really good on the ball, really, really good at going past players. And what Wolfsburg were doing was quickly switching the play to her and trying to get in behind the right back. Um, so I, I do wonder whether there might just be a change there, just because there's not much between Laura Wienreuter and Noel Maritz at right wing back, to be honest with you. Uh, left wing back will be Steph Catley, and then central midfield you'll have Leo Volti and Frieda Mornham, uh, Stina Blackstenius up front, and what Arsenal will do I think if they play this formation nominally you'll have Katie McCabe and Victoria Palovo you know in in the three I I mean I'd call it more of a 3-4-2-1 than a 3-4-3 I think you'll have uh, Palovo on the right and McCabe on the left as we had last week but what what I think you should really look out for is how often those players drop back into central midfield because obviously you play a 3-4-3 you've only got two cent you've only got two central midfielders so McCabe and Palova in particular were really dropping in uh, from the wide position to stop Arsenal getting outnumbered in that central area hey Katie you're right uh, how brilliantly timed is that the woman herself Katie McCabe um, 
And so, yeah, particularly Katie really dropped back into midfield to stop Arsenal getting overloaded there, not least because Wolfsburg are an incredibly powerful team. They're probably physically the most powerful team in Europe. Um, I mentioned Jons Dottir. Um, it doesn't look like Alexandra Pop will be fit to play up front, but they've got Eva Payor, who scored in the first leg, and Svenja Hutt on the right wing. They have Gilles Raud in central midfield, of course, who used to play for Arsenal. Lena Oberdorf protecting their back four. They're, they're a big team and they're a physical team, and so if you're going to play a 3-4-3, you do need that extra body in midfield, and that, to me, was the feature of the first leg. Arsenal kind of sat Jen Beattie in the penalty area, asked her to head missiles out of it because Wolfsburg are very good at putting crosses in and then had Lotta, Wubbenmoy and Hafaieli defending those kind of wide areas um, but obviously with, with Leo Valti and Freedom Arnhem in midfield they needed that extra body and Katie McCabe in particular did that brilliantly in the first leg and then obviously it will depend on game state what happens after that but one player that was training with the group again was uh, Swedish forward Lena Hurtig um, I don't think she'll be fit enough to start. She hasn't started a game in a few months now because she's had a troublesome foot injury. But I think at least in the in the kind of up the sleeve, as it were, for Jonas Eideval, if he wants to move back to a 4-2-3-1, he has Lena there. Uh, so he does actually have an extra attacker on the bench for the first time in a few weeks just because of the injury situation. So... Those are all the things I think um, to look out for in this game. Um, now, I'm going to turn this over to Leah Volti, and this was what she had to say uh, a couple of minutes after the final whistle in Germany. Played. Thank you. Do you want to go first, buddy? Or... Yeah, go on then. Why not? Hey, Leah. Um, I feel like the strapping on your thigh, which seems to be getting bigger and bigger by the game, <laughs> is like a bit of a symbol of what Arsenal are doing at the moment in terms of just being quite patched up and um, you know trying to rec- trying to respond to these injuries. How much did you know before this game that this was going to have to be a slightly different performance today? Um, I mean, yeah, when you have um, changed, like Leah got injured last week, we knew we were going to have to change something um, tactically. Um, but also we're playing a German team. I've played in Germany for a long time. It's always going to be a physical game. We know that. And I think in the end it's about how we stick together as a team. We say it doesn't matter what system we play, what formation we play against, who we play. It's about us. It's about what intensity we can bring on the pitch. And I think today, you know what, like we did the mistake, conceded the second goal. It was really shit in that moment, but we didn't give up. We didn't slow down the game. We tried to get our chances. And I think in the end we also deserve to draw. So I think it's a huge shift from everybody and to be proud of. Yeah, I was going to ask actually about the response to that second goal. This is where I understand that I'm not an elite athlete because when that second goal went in, I'd have signed up for full time there and then. But how do you guys keep finding the resources to come back and just not give up in those moments? You know what, it's, it's so hard. I think at the minute we have so many girls sitting at home watching us. They wanted to play here, they got injured really badly and it makes the team sticking together even more. We know like everybody has to be on a, on the highest level to be able to perform in these big games and I think everybody works fucking hard. Like from Stina on top, like I don't know, like she's making the pressing so much easier for us behind her and 
everybody who, who stepped into roles like Chen Bi, who got player of the match, I just got told like, you know, she hadn't had many minutes in the game, but she is ready. And I think that is very incredible at the minute of the team, no matter who is playing, we all know what to do. We go for each other and, you know, get goosebumps. Um, it's just amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so proud of that result. But again, like we have a second leg next week, and we want to go to the final. Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to ask, actually. And don't worry, Reese, I'll, you know, suffer sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to ask about, because it feels like at the moment, Arsenal are running on not so much emotion, but that fight and that kind of, um, and how much of a difference can playing the second leg next week in front of, you know, maybe 50,000, maybe more fans, how much can that help next week as well? Yeah, I think what we could see in the past, we do feel really confident at the, at, the, at the Emirates playing in front of our fans, so I think it will give us an extra boost. I think also a little advantage for us. Um, I do hope the fans can carry us throughout the game. I hope we can maybe have one or two players back who can have impact um, from the bench. So I think other than that, we just now need to recover well and then we go in into that game, but only with one goal. We want to go to the final. If you're that close, um, we're going to do everything to make it possible. Okay. I'll be quiet now, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd ask you know, what sort of things were you saying to each other after the second Wolfsburg goal went in? How do you kind of rally together after a moment like that? It doesn't need many words. I think a sh shoulder tap, a clap is enough. We all know like mistakes happen. We need to give, give each other confidence in that moment. We need to believe, and I think um, we did that. I think you could see straight after the mistake happened, Rafa was clapping and getting us up, and that's the reaction we needed. And, and what's been the reaction now, like coming off the pitch? getting a draw here because it feels like a, a really kind of impressive scoreline against the defending German champions. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's more that we came back from a 2-0 down. I think that gives us a boost, that gives us confidence, belief in that team. I think it, it means more than a 0-0 because we just showed so much passion on that field and I think um, we said like something we can really be proud of but there is a second leg. We haven't won anything and we need to go again on Monday. You obviously don't want those injury situations to happen and it's obviously players like Kim and Leah that are big characters too. But what does it do to you as individuals, as leaders, to, to kind of have to step up in those moments? Yeah, you know, like I said it before, injuries are unfortunately part of the game and that we're, we're that unlucky this season, that obviously it's, it's very frustrating, but we can't change that. So right now it's on us that player, other players will step up. I do think we have lots of players with a lot of experience internationally and nationally and um, they stepped up. Uh, they stepped up before, but maybe you don't see them as much as when you see them now. Um, so I think confident about that. We have enough players who, who have the experience for that. You spoke about having like goosebumps now. What's the emotions like when you you play at the Emirates. Goosebumps as well. I think it's just so exciting. I think we're still not used to playing in front of so many people, so it is a very special occasion for us and really exciting to have hopefully the whole stadium behind us, you know, to hear them, the noise, and um, it's going to give us that extra boost we hopefully need to go in the final. What would it mean if it's a, if it's a sellout there? Yeah, amazing. I mean, we, that's what we're all dreaming of since we're kids, you know, to, to play in front of sellout stadiums and at Arsenal in a home stadium. Haven't had that before, so something something really really special for us. Yeah, I think a few of us were here last year at the quarter-final stage, and it was 2-0, I think, to Wolfsburg. But the fight that you showed today and how much you came back, um, what is kind of the feeling, how much you've developed in that last 12 months as a team and as a squad? It's a difficult question. I think um, 
we all we all grew like Jonas is, I think we, we felt, it was Jonas's first season last season we had a bit of a different squad um, right now we're probably playing with players who haven't really started a lot of games at the start of the season so it's I think today was more about mentality to be honest it was not really about we changed so many things yeah we're great in counter attacks at the minute we can switch on really quickly when we win the ball which is at the minute our probably solution to score goals against these teams but it is about mentality and that's not something you can train that's something which create you create over the season and I think the March period was really important for us in that case because we had big wins we came back from a lot of um, yeah one zero down and stuff like that so I think today was about that thank you, Perfect, thank you. Thank you. So that was Leo Volti, and you can probably tell from some of the language in that interview, but awful shocking language, um, how just how much adrenaline um, there was in that Arsenal performance and how much adrenaline the players felt afterwards because, um, you know, obviously the second leg is still going to be a really, really tricky tie and like I said, I, I think Wolfsburg are probably still marginal favourites but to come away with that result, I think you could tell it really meant something to the players and Arsenal really had to show a different face um, in that game they really had to grit that game out and fight um, you know playing a back three which they don't usually do missing so many players a lot of that performance was you know a lot of it was tactical don't get me wrong and to do with positioning but a lot of it was you know guts um, quite frankly and Arsenal are going to have to show plenty of that again on Monday evening um, now you're going to hear from Jonas Eideval and that's why um, I asked him the, one of the questions I asked him which was about the different faces Arsenal have shown in this tournament so far because you know on match day one they had the kind of counter-attacking masterclass against Lyon which they won 5-1 but then I think back in the group stages to Juventus at home game they were quite comfortable in they were quite dominant they were 1-0 up um, a, a win put them in a really really good position to win the group and with 10 minutes to go they closed that game down they were pragmatic they just said okay 1-0 is 1-0 that's a good result for us thank you very much we're shutting up shop and they did that and then against Bayern you know they, they come into the home leg trailing 1-0 and they really really pressed high and went for it as soon as it went to 2-0 uh, sorry, 2-1 on aggregate, they kind of pulled back. So they've shown a lot of different faces in this competition so far, and I think they're really going to have to do that tomorrow. So th these are my questions to Jonas Eideval coming up for you now. Hi again, everyone. Um, joined by Jonas Eideval, head coach. Jeremy, would you like to start us off again? Hi, Jonas. Uh, Lotta was uh, just speaking very emotionally about what it means to play in front of 60,000 fans at a sold-out Emirates. How proud are you to be leading a team into that environment it's a huge uh for uh, for us as a team for us as a club uh, it's a compliment to a lot of people not only here that has been directly involved in pushing the uh, i mean the, the sales of, of the tickets for, for this game and generating the interest this is built on the players that were here before this team uh, for the coaches for people in the club, uh, for putting everything together, for people like you in here that has been uh, working, reporting and uh, putting the, the spotlight on, on, on the right places and uh, it's, it's astonishing um, that, it's, that it's happening uh, and uh, we're going to make our very best to, to repay all the faith that is put into us uh, but also to enjoy the moment of course. And with a tie on a knife edge, how big an impact could a crowd that big have on the tie? 
I mean, I think our fans has been nothing short of brilliant uh, this season. Uh, I think at, at times when we have had it tough result-wise, they they've never uh, gone gone quiet. They always been there supporting us. I think they've been absolutely magnificent. And uh, if they can be just as magnificent tomorrow, that's going to be a huge boost for for the whole team. Um, what's the team news? Um, Hertig and Ford are they in the frame to be uh, available? Yeah, so Lena is, uh, is is in the squad and is fully available, and uh, Caitlin is still a little bit away from playing. So after two two in the first match, how confident are you that you can um, get over the line and get to Eindhoven? I don't think it's about me being confident or not confident. It's about me believing that we can do it and the players believing that we can do it and we're going to put everything out there on the pitch. It's one game that separates us from a dream, uh, so let's bring everything on the pitch and leave it there. Thank you. Thanks. Tim. Uh, hi, Anders. Um, you started with a back three last week in Wolfsburg. I'm not going to ask you whether you'll do that again because I know you won't tell me. Um, but one of the things... I felt like a slight difference from when it when uh, Arsenal played that way at City and when Arsenal played that way in Wolfsburg were the wide players particularly dropping in to central midfield probably a bit more. Maybe I just didn't notice it as much in the City game. Um, was that a lesson from that game and just how important were Victoria Pullover and Katie McCabe in kind of making sure Arsenal didn't get outnumbered in that area? Yeah, I mean, from a numbers perspective, if we only speak about that last game there, of course, it's they play with three central midfielders, and we only play with two central midfielders. So it's a 3v2 situation to, to start with that we somehow need to manage. And there is, essentially, you can manage it from behind by stepping more with your central defenders to, to step on to, to their midfield players, or you can... Mess, uh, um, manage it with your nine dropping deeper to deal with their six or like you're saying you can have your tens coming inside and, and work helping with the central midfielders and, and it's about for the team to find a moment to, uh, to do the right thing but you definitely need to manage that situation in, in a game like that and uh, another thing that strikes me just looking at Arsenal across the Champions League this season is just the different types of performances and the different Adaptions maybe to in-game situations. I think of Juventus at home closing that game out at 1-0. The counter-attacking at Lyon, coming back into the game at Bayern. I feel like I've seen a lot of different sides of Arsenal in the Champions League. And I kind of feel like tomorrow maybe they'll have to show a little bit of all of those sides at different points. Is that is that what you think? Yeah, I think that's a very nice way of putting it. I think that's what's required in, in the biggest games, that it's not going to be one-sided. You need to do all phases of the game and you need to, to adapt during the game as, as well. You need to go in with an open mind, full of belief, try your very best, but both teams are going to tweak things on, underway and, and it's about being coachable, being adaptable, being solution-orientated. I thought the players were magnificent in the away game in Germany, finding solutions in, in a really high-pressured situation. Uh, and if we can do that again, I would be very proud of it. Thanks, Thank Art. you. Hey, yes. um, I'm not sure if you remember last year when Tobin left, you spoke her, spoke about her being like the tree in the Avatar movie. Um, I was just wondering, with her coming back this week, and also 
uh, Kelly Smith coming back this week, did it almost feel like you were kind of plugging back into that tree in the Avatar movie? It's also funny how you remind me of that because, of course, Tobin was, was here year visiting, which was lovely because it, it reminds you again of all the great qualities she had both as a person and as, as a player for us. Um, Kelly is a brilliant example, but also to see how the, the team responds for injuries with Leah Williamson and Kim now recently. Uh, for for the team to really want to play, also for the players that can't play at the moment, that's also the same analogy in that to uh, almost honoring those players. Uh, it's just such a nice way when a team can work like that. And uh, you, you can't take that for granted. It's a special group of players that's, that are really stepping up and, and they are really living that culture uh, at the moment. And uh, it's a really, really nice being part of and, and we need to keep that going on uh, on forward to create even more things to fill that tree with, uh, so, so it can be even stronger in the future. Yeah, and um, obviously a lot of the focus is on the players, but with Kelly and Lydia um, coming into the coaching staff, obviously we know Patrick came in earlier, but what do they kind of add to your coaching staff um, coming in at these, these later points in the season? I mean, Lydia, uh, I think, has really helped us uh, shape a really good culture around individual development um, in in and how we make empower the players even more uh, to be the one that is they're in charge of their development uh, and it has to be like that in in life and in football if you're not in charge of your development yourself if you leave that in someone else's hand you you you're playing a game of chance with with your own destiny. And, and that can't be right. So you need to take ownership of that, and we need to build a culture of that, and she's been really important in doing that. Kelly provides us with the perspective of being a top, top player, not only in general, but at this club. She knows what it means to play for, for Arsenal, um, and she also knows what it is to, to, to be executing these things on the pitch uh, so her coming in and helping us in the system to come in with the details for our attacking players uh, and to help with the way that she was thinking and in, in how you can help the team best it just provides us with a really really nice perspective as well uh, which I have found straight away when I listen to Kelly when I ask her question it makes us better uh, and I knew that it was going to be like that because I, I was lucky enough to, to spend some time working with her as a pundit for last summer's years. So uh, I, I knew what I was getting. Uh, she she maybe didn't realize it then when we were standing there discussing football, but I was listening, asking questions, and I was like, yeah, this is definitely good. <laughs> it's, it's definitely something that will improve us. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Molly? Hi, Jonas. Um, we've, we've kind of talked over the season and maybe even last season a little bit about Arsenal playing at the Emirates and making sure that it feels like a home, that you didn't kind of lose that home advantage, especially when the crowds were a lot smaller. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that process and, and how you and the squad feel. And is this, I suppose, the culmination of that process being probably the biggest game of the season? with the sellout crowd, it, it feels like this is kind of what you've build, been building up to across that whole process. 
Uh, yeah, but I don't see this as, a, as an endpoint for it. Uh, and, and I know this sounds very weird, but for me, this has always been the natural progression that it, we were going to get here. Uh, then if it was this game or not, I don't know. But I felt the club has had a plan. The club has so many people that are uh, that are doing the best that we can to advertise it. The players are doing their very best to advertise the, to to come to the game as well with the way that we are playing. So so for me, it's about to sustain, to having consistency on it. Uh, and for me, I hope when we look back on on the day tomorrow in in history, we we can see that 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 was one of the starting points where where we started to making this as a as a regular occurrence, um, but you're, you're right that we have been taking every opportunity that we have had uh, since I came here to always go to the Emirates. That has always been been the preference for it, uh, for, for Champions League games and so on, to, to take every chance to go there in order to, for the reason to say, the, the more times we play there, the more it will feel like home, and also to say it gives us the platform and a foundation to, to spread our game to more people and, and to a wider audience uh, and I think you, that's so important uh, and I think we see the benefits of that now. Thank you. Sandra. And just following on from some of what Molly was asking, I mean obviously we've seen at the men's games there, was it the Ashburton army yeah. type thing, would you, would you, I mean is that something that you'd like to see or would hope to see in a, a game of this magnitude obviously you know filling out with this one being packed out I mean is this something you would like to kind of see falling Arsenal with inside in when they're playing at the Emirates for example I think the biggest or one of the biggest difference when when you see when I compare our fans from uh, this season to last season it's definitely that they have uh, an, an even stronger supportive side to us we have loud fans we have fans that that sings and they proud themselves of our uh, out uh, out singing the, the opposing fans and it's important to me it's important to the team that we have fans that that really come behind us that really shows what it what it means to them because it means a lot to us also and together we can create that so uh, I like passion on the pitch I like passion off the pitch uh, as well so. So I'm very happy uh, to to play in front of loud fans. Jeez, thank you. Thanks, Andrea. Anything else, Lily? Um, what have you been stressing in practice since the first leg, especially with this being a game that could go to extra time or penalties? We've been focusing on on our way uh, of of playing. Um, of course, there is a lot of different strategies that you need to deal with. It can be that it comes to extra time, it comes to a penalty shootout, so of course you need to have strategies in place for that. Also it can be different results that you need to manage during the games, and, and you need to have a, a plan and clear strategy for that. Uh, but we've had the luxury of having a lot of training days uh, this year, so we've been managing to uh, to work with a lot of things in, in our game that we usually are not uh, have the time to do so and I've been really happy with the players response in training their concentration levels uh, and I hope we have prioritized the right moments that can make the most possible impact tomorrow thanks very much everyone <laughs> 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So that was Jonas Eideval and some, uh, some really interesting stuff in there, obviously about the game selling out and him paying tribute um, to, to you know, legends of the past, really. And that, that was quite a nice segue into him talking about Kelly Smith, uh, you know, the legend to end all legends who's come back onto the coaching staff until the end of the season. And I, I, think, that's, I think there's something interesting in, in that. And that's a question I've got planned for Jonas at some point before the end of the season about him bringing that experience in, uh, not least with the players that have been lost through injury. But Jody Taylor was signed by the club in March. Jen Beat has been put back into the team. Kelly Smith is here again and I do wonder whether that you know how conscious and deliberate that is having those kind of senior totem poles um in and around the team as well um I think that's that's something really interesting and that's something that we might pick up on but obviously as well I I asked him as I usually do like a couple of tactical questions about how Arsenal deal with Wolfsburg's midfield three obviously he confirmed that Caitlin Ford is out uh, on Monday evening and Lena Hurtig will be in the squad but I doubt she'll be fit to play so I think it's almost certain that Arsenal will go, will stay with the 3-4-2-1 formation that we saw in the first leg so that was Jonas uh, now we're going to hear from Lotta Woman Moy and again maybe for those who don't know just a bit of additional context here uh, Lotta's from Stoke Newington uh, she came through the Arsenal Academy Arsenal family kind of through and through uh, went to study in America for a couple of years but came back to the club three years ago uh, still lives um, I believe in Hackney so um, a, a real kind of local Arsenal fan and so for her playing in front of 60,000 people on Monday night I think it's fair to say has a bit of extra resonance um, and Lotta always speaks so well um, about any number of subjects to be honest so this was a, yeah this was a, a, a thoughtful and, and slightly emotional um, kind of press conference but I also again asked her a bit of a tactical question about um, the difference as, as playing as a wide centre back in a three compared to playing in a centre in, in a kind of centre back pairing uh, so this is Lotta Wubbenmoy Yeah I mean I think exciting doesn't do it justice um, I don't think any amount of words would be able to do that justice um, there are a lot of feelings a lot of sentiment a lot of um, hard work that's gone into this and yeah a lot of people will see this final end product of a sold out stadium but um, I think for me and for everyone at the club it's about the process and the process that started probably months and months ago in the recruitment process of uh, being able to bring in as much um, expertise in the backroom staff to be able to say okay we, we are supported by um, staff that can 
the minute that final whistle blew at Bayern Munich go okay we're going to get tickets on sale and I think within the first 24 hours there were already I think 10,000 tickets sold so yeah I think the process is is the most important thing and while we will look at the um, end product I think um, when you look at the future of uh, sustainability in the game and for Arsenal women as a club um, that's what's most exciting for me um, not only to play in the Champions League semi-final in a sold-out Emirates Stadium but the prospect of so many more games there um, I think that's the process that we're, we're looking for And how much help a 60,000 gooner is going to give you reaching the final do you think? Well I know how much help I give to um, the men's players when I'm there or when I was there as a, as a young girl and um, I hope that every um, gooner there will channel their inner younger gooner and um, scream their hearts out because um, I know that's what we deserve. 2-2 two, two after the first leg, I mean what are your thoughts on uh, clinching a, a final place and how tough is it going to be given all the players you're missing? Yeah, tough. Every game is tough when you're in the Champions League. Um, there's such high calibre opponents, uh, such high calibre players. Um, but I think as we have done across the whole uh, campaign, we focused on ourselves and focused on um, the task at hand. I think what we learned from that 2-2 game was that um, we're going to fight and we're going to fight till the end. And regardless of the situation that we have in front of us, regardless of the injuries, uh, the availability, um, we have a deep squad and we have a squad that's ready to fight. And um, I think that's what will be reflected in the game on Monday. Are you practising penalties? Yes, we have. <laughs> How confident would you be if he needed to take one at the crunch? Again, it's about the process. We've gone through it. Um, whatever that end product is, whatever that end result is, um, we'll know that it's the justified result based on everything we've done to get here. Thank you. Tim? Uh, hi, Lotta. Um, before we spoke before the first leg about um, the kind of different faces Arsenal have had to show in uh, different games in the Champions League. Do you feel like reflecting on the first leg that Arsenal showed another face um, in that in that first leg in Germany? Yeah, I think, again, there's so much noise um, externally with the injuries, with um, the change in environment, situations, everything. Um, but ultimately, when you get on that pitch, um, you play what's ahead of you. And I don't think we'd played a team that um, maybe was... Um, so direct in their um, physicality, in their um, sort of approach to playing longer balls um, and building in that way. So, um, yeah, we adapted to that and I think you show, we showed a mature uh, performance. Obviously going two goals down, not ideal, but you work with it, you roll with the punches and um, ultimately we left that game um, with a result that we wanted to take to the Emirates um, to be able to do it justice in front of, yeah, 60,000 Gooners. Nothing better, really. And uh, you kind of preempted my second question there, which was, you know, Wolfsburg, one of the things they were doing was hitting particularly Jan Stottir over on the left. And, you know, what were the differences for you as, you know, playing on the right of a back three where you almost get dragged out to be a full-back? Um, was that different to adjust to, particularly against a player like Jan Stottir? Yeah, definitely. I think um, she's obviously got a lot of pace and um, likewise many of their players, they have a lot of individual quality and we respect that. Uh, for me personally, um, yeah, it's a different challenge to, to come up against maybe than in, in a conventional back four where I'm uh, just a, a second centre-back. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, likewise, I think I'm already relishing the opportunity to play against her again on uh, Monday. I think um, these are the 
the pressure situations that um, every single player at Arsenal um, is made for is um, ready to take on our chins, take in our stride and um, yeah, with a World Cup coming up in the summer um, no greater prep to play in a full stadium um, at the Emirates likewise there'll be full stadiums I hope in Australia um, so yeah on an individual note um, I'm relishing the opportunity Cheers Lotta Cheers Hi um, when we've spoken to Jonas recently he said um, basically he feels like he doesn't have to share as much information with the players and that you guys can problem solve on the pitch a lot more I was just wondering is that something you felt and how have you kind of felt that develop over recent times? I think if you step back and look at um, this uh, second half of the season since January um, we've had a lot of highs and also likewise a lot of lows um, after that loss in the FA Cup to Chelsea um, uh, us as players um, came together in the changing room um, we all sat down and um, I think that was a pivotal moment for us uh, as a group um, and from there I think yeah, everyone's been able to see our togetherness, our resilience um, but um, likewise I said earlier about process um, we've gone through a process of um, building relationships within us as a team um, between players um, and when you have that as um, a bedrock to um, live in life in general but also trying to succeed as a football club I think you are then able to um, have harder conversations on the pitch you're able to understand what a teammate is going to do you're able to work off of that and um, yeah obviously when you then come onto the pitch um, you're able to um, ultimately get closer to winning and there are those fine margins that I think we're as a team understanding in Champions League which uh, maybe it's different to the WSL. We're understanding that that's maybe the difference that it's going to take. And um, yeah, if you look at our togetherness um, and our ability to problem solve on the pitch, I think that's somewhere where we're able to uh, make that margin and um, take a leap forward to hopefully get a win. Um, but even more so, put out a good performance, which is what we're um, what we're here to do. Do you remember what that um, I guess discussion was against Chelsea, or would you prefer not to? Going into details. I think that's best kept yeah. between us as, as players, but um, yeah, it's a process. Every day we do um, little by little, um, working towards those end goals and those end products. Yeah, and just as someone who grew up as an Arsenal fan, um, with Kelly Smith coming back into the kind of coaching stuff, for you, how kind of, as a feeling, how, how has that felt? And also, what are the kind of maybe intangibles that you can get from someone like that? Um, I actually remember going to watch Kelly as a young girl and um, I got her to sign my Oyster card holder. I still have that Oyster card holder. A few few years, uh, more than a few years later, maybe 10 years later, um, I'm on the pitch with her here at Colney, training with her as a 16-year-old. A few years later, she's my coach. Um, as a gooner, uh, or more so as a player, you understand the, the value that something like that can, can give you, not only to have the perspective um, going through watching a player like that, but then also playing with a player like that and now being coached by her. Um, there are so many things that you can learn and already I think her impact, um, just having her around um, and being conscious that um, she's watching or also being conscious that um, she's going to be able to maybe give you 
a tidbit of information that could change the way you approach a ball or change the way you approach a shot. Um, they're the fine margins that I'm talking about. Um, and yeah, to have that investment of uh, an, an ex-player coming on to the staff, it's only good for the women's game and um, I hope to see more and more of it. Thanks. Molly? Hey, um, you touched on it a little bit there about the kind of togetherness and the, the relationships between the players. I, I wonder if that has contributed to the fact that despite all the injuries and whoever has come in or out of the squad, it feels like it's been quite smooth when you've gone, then gone to play, even when it's been in such big games. Is that something that you're felt and can you put your finger on kind of why that's been so seamless? Because sometimes it can be quite hard to make that jump. Yeah, um, it's difficult because in hindsight it's it's so easy to say, oh yeah, it was so smooth. But in the moment, um, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of expectation, there's a lot of... Um, yeah, um, quality that you want to give to a team and um, I don't think in any moment it was easy, say. Um, I think it's just been um, a step that we've been able to make as a team because of that bedrock of, of togetherness and connection that we have. Um, I think from there, um, like in life, if you're comfortable, if you uh, feel like you can be yourself, um, you're then going to be able to perform at the highest level. And um, I think that's a culture that we've been able to cultivate here at Arsenal. Um, I definitely feel it. I think if you ask any other player, I think they'd likewise say that I know I can be myself. I know I can f perform as a result at my highest um, standard, highest level. Um, so I think that's probably maybe the key. And um, I can't put my finger on maybe one conversation or one situation that allows us to be, be in that situation. But um, I definitely think I'd attribute it to that togetherness and that. Um, bedrock of, of comfort that we have here at, here at Arsenal. And you've been part of this Arsenal team and also the England team that have seen huge growth in support and attendances over the past sort of 12 months, I guess, yeah. specifically. Um, has it gone even quicker than maybe you imagined or maybe younger you growing up? Did you think you'll still kind of be this young playing at a sold-out Emirates? I don't think I'd ever have dreamed of it, to be honest. Um, yeah, it, it, it's quite an emotional thing, I think, for everyone um, to to experience, not only maybe as players, but I think for you guys as well, being in it for such a long time. Um, maybe it was the straw that broke the camel's back, that Euros win, and um, now it's the floodgates have opened and we're getting our just deserves. Like, let's not forget that we're maybe 50-odd years behind the men's men's game. Um, I think Karen Carney described it as a, a start-up business and um, yeah, women's football is in maybe its infant years we're walking um, but we're about to start running and heck we're about, probably about to start sprinting as well so um, I think everyone's contributions to that not just as players, as you guys, as staff here at Arsenal uh, like I touched upon and the backroom staff like all of this uh, contributes to it and it's no surprise that we're going to be sprinting soon because um, the investments come in, the um, visibility's come in, everything is coming at the right time and as long as we have that backbone and we have the, the uh, opportunities to go and do it, sky's the limit. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel incredibly lucky to be a part of it but then I'm also kind of like, heck, we deserve it. This is what we're here for. Thank you, good luck. Thank you. Thanks, morning, Sandra. Hi, Lotta. Um, we talked about um, the togetherness, and obviously, you know, Arsenal fought back hard to come back into, you know, in the, the first leg, um, and obviously you've done that in other games 
in other com- uh, competitions this season with, with the Man City game yeah. at, um, at Meadow Park. Just how has that kind of helped with the mentality going into this match of, of yourself, your teammates, yeah. just being able to kind of overcome that hurdle, particularly when I think Jonas has talked about the team thriving somehow in adversity yeah. this term? Winning's a habit. Once you've done it once, um, it sort of becomes second nature. It becomes an intuition. Um, and I think that's the the point where we're at right now. Um, we're coming into the business end of the season and every game is a cup final in a sense. Um, I'm not even getting far ahead as to talk about the league. I'm talking about the Champions League right now. And um, when you look at it like that um, and when you have the experiences of coming back from goals down, when you... Um, look at fighting back um, if that is something in your blood in your DNA then um, it will always sort of be part of you and um, that's the luxury we have um, maybe it's not even a luxury because we've worked for it um, and everything that we do day in day out process again it's here for a reason and we're here to um, continue that process and what happens at the end of it that end product it will be what is justified and what we deserve and just going back to Kelly Smith coming in obviously the last Arsenal player to play in a Women's Champions League final just how has having her with that experience that she had particularly because it was over two legs been in terms of you know for you and your teammates yeah I guess I mean a fact checked it, it was 2007 right there were yeah like um, that's even on the the wrap of our stadium um, the cultural relevance of the women's team to, to Arsenal as a club even playing in the stadium it's a club stadium like this is where we play this is where we deserve to play and um, with Kelly coming in um, her being a household name these are all components that help or will help I think create Arsenal as a club um, Arsenal women um, to continue to thrive in that um, uh, conversation as um, Arsenal and um, yeah, her contribution to that um, having the experience um, back in 2007 obviously she's she's only been with us now for a week um, but um, or even just being around I think um, it, it can contributes to our um, yeah, confidence going into this game and that's all we have time for for this episode of the Arsenal Women Askcast uh, if you're on your way to the game you're going to the game hope you really enjoy it um, I think for me it's going to be really emotional um, seeing a kind of a 60,000 crowd uh, you heard there from Lotta you know she was asked about playing in front of a sold out Emirates and she said you know she never dreamed of it um, and you know, I, I guess I feel kind of the same um, I was reflecting on this the other day thinking about covering an Arsenal women game in, in, in front of a sold out Emirates and it's not that I didn't ever think it was possible it's that I didn't ever think about it like it it just didn't enter my mind uh, really as a possibility so you know it's going to be very emotional seeing all of those seats filled and and I hope it's it's very very far from the last time that we see it but aside from all that it's a massive game a big opportunity to get into the Champions League final uh, for the first time since 2007 but you know Wolfsburg are a very very tough opponent it's going to have to be another game where Arsenal are going to have to show that that slightly gritty dirty side to them I think Um, and you know I really really hope it goes well for them because I think uh, I think these players really deserve it with all of the kind of resolve and fight they've been showing and don't know what the result will be don't know how it will turn out but I know I know that Arsenal will fight Um, and and you know uh, hopefully uh, those 60,000 fans turn up 
with the same attitude as well because I know the players really really appreciate it and you know particularly with the type of performance they're probably going to have to put in um, you know your your kind of involvement I think will really really help so that's all we have time for for this episode we'll come out with another one probably next week regardless of the result just reflecting uh, back on this semi-final because obviously a couple of very very huge games in Arsenal's recent history so we'll speak to you again in a couple of days time That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/retail23. shopify.com/retail23.